that aggression inside you, you chose to take it out on an inanimate object. And not only an inanimate, ad, uh, blah, 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 inanimate object. Hey, shut up! Shut your mouth! Ladies and gentlemen, we continue on in the rare, the very rare, two-part edition of Cheap Heat. Giving you a little more bang for your buck today. And I'm going to start off by saying, um, as we pick up here, Greg, you're not, she's not going to be able to hear you, but everyone's favorite SGG fill-in, Alexa Rosenberg is here. Alexa, anything you want to say to the people? Hello to the people. I love my people. All right. Thank you. Anything else you want to add? Did you, did you see anything? Did you notice or pay attention to anything that I've said or seen about wrestling this week? Yes. Ronda Rousey is going to be better in the WWE than she was in UFC. That is a hot take of mine. Anything else? Anything else that's happened this week that you know about? No. Did anyone get released? No, I don't know. Alexa, did any? <laughs> did anyone? Big Kaz. There you go. Sort of confusing Kaz with Big Kaz, but it's okay. I used to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, Kaz is fine, by the way. Um, all right. Any uh, anything else? Did you see anything else from Raw that made you think anything? I did not. Did Nia Jax comment on any of your pictures this week? Only one. I'm bare sitting at the table in a chair like a human. What did What did she say? The heart eyes emoji. <laughs> oh, the big heart eyes emoji. Nia also commented on a picture of Bear this week. Bear is over AF, which I love because it's combining. Bear the dog and a wrestler using wrestling terminology to describe how popular he is. So I popped for that big time. Um, so anyways, thank you, Alexa. Your people love you and they miss you. SGG, let's continue. We still have mailbag to do. Do you have black power rankings? You don't have to force it if they're not there. Do you have them? I do have black power rankings. All right, good, because the people have really been clamoring. So on the kickoff show, um, we didn't mention earlier, uh, Bludgeon Brothers over Gallows and Anderson. Not a whole lot to say there. Daniel Bryan beats Big Cass by submission. And I didn't know it was a loser leaves town match. <laughs> I don't think Big Cass knew either. Unfortunately, Cass didn't. Damn, man. Cass didn't know either. But he submits to the heel hook that we've heard Daniel Bryan talk about so much. And we should mention while talking about Money in the Bank, because I don't know if we'll just run through the shows this week. Man. Samoa Joe versus Daniel Bryan. How touch and go was that um, slam from Samoa Joe? Mm-hmm. It it always makes me worry when Daniel Bryan takes like a bump that I'm just like, oh no, oh no, that's that's the one. But then he just kept flowing, and um, but that scoop they turned sla- out a really good match. That scoop slam in particular, the scoop slam in particular was scary though because it was almost as if. Joe like let go of him a little bit so instead of him being completely like in his grasp and flipped over he kind of like it felt like lost control and Brian's head almost landed on his head and it was a scary moment there but anyways we'll get back to Smackdown Seth Rollins over Elias I enjoyed that match as did the crowd I picked Elias I thought it was more important I thought it would have been nice to see Elias get a meaningful win but frankly Seth is so over that even having a meaningful match with him for the title, I think benefited Elias. Yeah, and um, we found out later, well, not by later, I mean 
on Monday why um, Seth held on to the championship because apparently it was time to give it back to Dolph Ziggler. But like you said, um, Elias and Seth had a really great match, and the only thing that would have made it better for him was just walking out with the championship. But um, he's definitely proved his worth, though. He's going to get his hands on that championship eventually for sure. Yeah, it depends, man, too. I wonder if they think so highly of Elias that they don't want to put the IC title on him right now. They want to see how quickly he can be taken seriously in the heavyweight division. I don't know. We talked about the women's match at length. We talked about Roman and Jinder. Carmella over Asuka with help from James Ellsworth. It was predicted on the internet. A lot of people uh, expected it. I expected she would have something up her sleeve, and she did. It was Ellsworth who confused Asuka, and Carmella gets another win. And let me just be the first one to admit, you guys know I am a mark for money. I am a fan of Mella. But can we just be clear, this is another match on a pay-per-view in in which she clearly held her own more than she's given credit for. Yeah. And I don't think she's going to get her credit, though. I think this is going to be one of those things where, like, she... That she has so much heat with the crowd for having this perception of being a bad worker just because she's not the worker that, you know, Sasha Banks or Bailey or um, even Charlotte or any of our favorites is. And uh, so she's not a bitch, but she's not a bad worker. And I don't think she's going to get the credit that she deserves, but um, it works to her advantage because she's a heel. So she turns that into heel heat every time she. Every time she wins a match and she can just run her, run her mouth and rub it in people's faces that she did what they didn't want her to do, which is win. And guess what? Mella is money. Let me tell you something right now. Um, a couple things that I, I love about Carmella and a couple things that I think need work. Have you noticed that the picture they use in the graphics for matches of Carmella is terrible? I have not noticed that. This may be me showing a little bit of behind-the-scenes bias, but I just feel like they just don't do her any favors. I get it. I mean, she's a heel. You don't need her to look, like, adorable. But, like, they just make her look so OD in the picture they use for the graphics. And then also, I think the hair sometimes is, like, one notch too far. My favorite Mella look is the when her hair isn't as crazy And she's just rocking the big hoop earrings and the ponytail. Because to me, that feels like what the character is. The huge hair feels like a level that's just like too cartoonish. Well, that was her character though in NXT. She was supposed to be like a hairdresser. So I I give her a pass for the the outrageous. I won't say outrageous, but like the wild cartoonish hairstyle. Because that's, that's, you know... Well, guess what? Part of the presentation. Well, now NXT has another crazy cartoonish hair gimmick going, okay? And it's going quite well. Um, so yeah. Anyways, but I do think generally she just doesn't get her due because you know I was talking about with someone about this, um, someone who knows. And one thing about the WWE these days is you you could tell the people who really enjoy doing their promo work. And you can tell the people who just care about what they do in the ring and they spend 90% of the time on the ring. And then when it's like, okay, let's go work on your promo, they rush through it. You know what I mean? They're like, ah, I don't, yeah. they don't, they don't take that part of the business seriously. 
They take the in-ring part of the business seriously. And, Greg, I know it sounds cliche, but, like, I mean, it's at least 50-50. In my opinion, it's probably 70-30, the mic. I really do think so. I mean, unless you're going to be AJ Styles, where it could be 80-20 ring because you're the best in the world, I think generally it's much closer to a 50-50 deal and sometimes goes the other way. And I think you can see the people who spend time and care about how they deliver their promos. And I bring this up now because you can tell Carmella is one of those people. Yeah, and for Carmella, though, she benefits from from that, you know, from giving her promo so much work because she gets the people invested, you know. There are some people who lean in on the promos and then people people don't care. So you wish they would go the other way to the ring work to just at least give some people something. But, um, yeah, I think Carmella's, Carmella's um, benefiting a lot from relying heavily on the promos because, like I said, people hate her. Oh, she and has- not in like a Roman Reigns way. It's like in the way of that you want uh, your heel to be hated. Yep, she has real legitimate heel heat. I love it. She adds little by little. We know she she does a nice job with the with the kick. Um, and now she added the suicide dive to this match. So little by little, you know, she's adding the things that you can tell she's comfortable with. Um, but overall, I like this now. Here's the thing. Ellsworth was cool to come back. Um, I don't think he needs to be a major part of this title run for her, though. Because the problem with Ellsworth is when you give someone a manager character, but they're a, but the, the wrestler's a much better mic than the manager, what are we doing? How? I mean... So I mean I guess I guess you're just going to utilize them to interfere. But what I that's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine, but then don't just make sure we don't overstep on the mic stuff. Because like even even this week she came out and cut another regular mean Carmella promo and then he takes over. And while he got a pop and I liked what Ellsworth did in that match and yes, as a chicken-ish heel, she could certainly benefit from him. At the same time, let's not start cutting a lot into her mic time. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on him not cutting into her mic time, but at the same time, like I feel like what he what has added to the overall presentation of of her character, like as good as she was, he was also missed, and his return was really well done on Sunday. And um, as long as he doesn't overshadow her, like you said, um, I think I think they'll work well together. But like you, he has to be a complimentary piece, though he can't get the get the focus. And I, and I assume he won't. Um, all right, we talked about AJ and Shinsuke, um, and apparently now we'll get Shinsuke and Jeff Hardy. AJ Styles will uh, face Rusev, who won the Gauntlet match. Um, we we already said that we covered. We thought Shinsuke probably should have gotten more out of that, but hey, so. How much did you enjoy Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax? I enjoyed it a lot more than I had any business enjoying it just because I was one of those people, again, on the internet who was just like a Ronda Rousey hater without giving her the opportunity to prove herself. And 
you know, this is the second time in a row, you know, second pay-per-view, I w- I'll say, because WrestleMania, she really came through. And then with this match, she came through again. And then on Monday night, um, she delivered again. And I, I really feel like um, Alexa hit it, hit it on the head. She's going to be way bigger in the WWE than she was in UFC. Maybe not like her star power, but, you know, the quality and, and where she can go in the ceiling, it's much higher for her in um, WWE. Because let's face it, she did everything she could do in UFC. Yeah, that's why I started to do it again. That's why I started running with that on uh, after the show is just as great as she is was in UFC and she'll be a Hall of Famer. She only what won like, what, eight matches? She had eight fights, something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Hold on. I'm tell you right now. Her UFC record, uh, ultimate fighting championship record. I'm predicting it was something like eight and two. As a professional total, she's 12 and two. And some of those were in strike force. You know, um, I think, I think it's eight and two. There we go. Mixed martial arts record. All right, here we go. I got it. I got it. UFC. Uh, you you were right one, the first time, though. One, two, three, four, five, six. Dude, six and two in UFC. Six and two. Total. Oh, it was a total. Her total's 12 and two. But that includes uh, a, a couple of... Um, Division some strike force and some other promotion. No, that's what I'm saying. It's a couple of pre-strike force. So, anyways, yeah, she she is she was great in UFC and her star was incredible in UFC. But the ability that she has as a wrestler, her natural ability to be this, like it's it's a combination of the fact that. She's naturally good. She's naturally unique. She's doing this blending of f- her fight style and her wrestling style in a way that just makes me so happy. And then on top of that, the star power, Greg, makes it such that when she climbs the top rope, did you hear that noise? Yeah. I mean, do you hear the noise she got for a crossbody? It's phenomenal because, like, it, it it goes back to what Nia Jax said in her promo, though. Like, things that can happen in WWE, like you might not be used to. You know, you're not used to taking a headbutt or, or you know, getting choked out or like, well, she's getting, but um, like body slams and things like that. But things that Ronda can do too. Ronda has that same freedom. So, you know, that cross body, we didn't see that from her. Just like we haven't seen her take a headbutt, like a clean headbutt, we haven't seen her take a crossbody. And all of it brings like a new level of excitement and opens up doors for uh, for her just as much as anybody. Yeah, it, it was special, man. And can I tell you on top of it, this is the little insight I can give you. Um, she's the best, dude. She She is so cool. She is so overly polite. She is so interested in getting feedback from people. 
She is so interested in watching other people's matches. She is everything you would want as a wrestling fan from someone who came from somewhere else to be a part of WWE. She, I'm not overstating it. In my, in my experience so far, the three or so times I've interacted with her, I'm just blown away with her as, as a person. Um, Alexa comes in, by the way, of course, gets the win over Nia Jax. We know that it was dope. Um, Braun wins. I was a little disappointed with how the men's match played out. It was almost like they knew all the glory was going to be for the women's division that night. And Braun winning after not a particularly thrilling match. He just kind of, kind of a crazy bump that Kofi took and then it just ended. Um, there was one spot where KO took a crazy bump too. Um, KO. KO really was the glue that held that match together, though. Like that's true, right until the end, <laughs> like him begging for his life and apologizing profusely, <laughs> only to get uh, thrown off of. I don't even know how tall that ladder was. We could just call it attempted murder right now, which is nothing new for Braun. Um, like it was all flawlessly done. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. That he was the glue that held the match together. Um, from a story standpoint, he was the one leading up to it. That was the story trying to get people to join him. And it happened um, throughout the match as well. Um, I, 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 uh, I was bummed out a little bit with just the way end. Because um, just not what I expected. But... Regardless, yeah. I don't think Braun needed it, like you said, and a number of people said because he's Braun Strowman. He can, he does not need the briefcase. Uh, he does not need that permission to to be a threat to Brock Lesnar or anybody uh, that was Universal Champion. Um, so I don't think he needed it. I think maybe Finn or. Or even KO. I would have taken KO or Samoa Joe. Anybody else would have been a good contender. But now it's just like so it, it does add some intrigue though. Like what does Braun do with the briefcase? Now, my favorite thing maybe about this week was that it was the best 45 minutes to start Raw in a very long time. Alexa came out and was Alexa, which is grabbing the mic and just being awesome. Rhonda came out and finally she got to come out and instead of smiling and waving, she was angry now that she has an actual reason to be angry, which I really enjoyed. Um, even though her briefcase punch, her, her briefcase shots looked like they wouldn't hurt my nephew. Um, <laughs> but besides that, I enjoyed it a lot. We end up getting a suspension, um, from Rhonda. She's punished. Either way, we don't need to analyze it all. It, it'll lead to a match, of course, um, for them in uh, a month at Extreme Rules. But it was just good. It was just an entertaining first hour. Um, Seth Rollins drops the title to Dolph. Gets attacked by him and McIntyre. That was interesting. It was just like... It was just a wrestling show. They just did stuff. Stuff mattered. Yeah. They had meaningful stuff happen. And as a result, you don't notice the things you don't like. We didn't get the text message from Dipperstein screaming about every word that he hates out of Kurt Angle's mouth on a given week. 
you know, we didn't get those messages from Dipperstein because guess what? It was entertaining. Yeah, it's it's really hard to complain when you get a, a week like we got um, this week across the board, Raw and SmackDown. I mean, I le- I'm watching Alexa Bliss right now without the volume. It's this part. When you're watching her, as I just was, you don't even need volume on to see how good Alexa is. Like, well, she's so expressive. Like, she's she so expressive. does a lot with her face. Like when you watch her without, when you watch her without volume, it really. I know this sounds crazy. If you haven't watched the show yet, watch some of her promo with the volume off and see like how demonstrative she is. By the way, that like that flip that Rhonda did um to Kurt um was awesome. Her little yeah, punch was clean, man. Her little punch to Alexa was awesome. The only thing Rhonda did bad in the whole thing was her briefcase shots looked whack. But another thing about Rhonda that we found is better. I noticed it first thing during the match against Nia. You saw when when Rhonda got emotional against Nia and she started screaming. Like I really yeah. felt, I really felt her. Well, that's the thing too. Like, I love Ronda in the ring. I'm still, and like when she gets to be physical, I'm still not sold on like the promo work. And it's just crazy to me. Like, she's so good in the ring. Like everything she does in the ring, she should also. I don't know why it doesn't translate to to the mic and being able to, you know, make those facial expressions at the right time and little things like that. But like in the ring, her with Naya, everything clicked just Yo, when she went up perfectly. when Rhonda went up and just when Rhonda just went up and kicked one of the refs in the stomach. And then she throws Alexa through the table, all of it worked great. And yeah. I I've, I've really learned to appreciate that even though she's not so good on the microphone, her screaming is great with no microphone. It looks awesome. She's expressive too. It's just her delivery when trying to like read lines is not perfect. But how expressive mm-hmm. she, but how expressive she is when she's in the ring is, uh, is great. All right, SGG, we gotta get to black power rankings. Do you have them on you? Uh, black, and I'm black. Let's do it, so, SGG. All right. So, uh, in at number three is the new day. Um, Kofi Kingston turned out a great performance in that Money in the Bank ladder match. And then Big E turned out a great performance with Daniel Bryan uh, in the gauntlet match. And I know we didn't get a New Day tag match or a segment with uh, all three of them in the ring. But, you know, when one succeeds, all succeeds. And I'll say the New Day definitely succeeded and were highly entertaining uh, in that Money in the Bank ladder match and that gauntlet match from SmackDown. So I'm giving it to the New Day uh, in a number three. In a number two... Um, Alistair Black. I know we said we're going to talk more about TakeOver Chicago 2 um, at a later date, but uh, 
Alistair Black and Lars Sullivan, I, I really enjoyed their match. Um, it didn't get as much hype as some of the other matches on the card. But that's just how TakeOver is, man. Every match is at a high level, and you know one of them is going to get overshadowed. It doesn't mean it was a bad match. It just means that some of those other matches went a little bit extra. And speaking of one of those matches that went a little bit extra, tied for number one is Dream and Ricochet. Like, I don't know what to say. Those two guys, man, like, the chemistry was there. Um, they delivered. I'd say they exceeded expectations. And if you haven't seen the match, um, definitely go watch it. Because those two... People have said that Velveteen Dream is the future of the business. And it's it's hard to disagree with that, especially after you watch um, his performance on Sunday. Saturday, excuse me. All reasonable SGG, and um, I have not gotten to see Ricochet Dream yet, but I did have a great conversation with Ricochet and Catering on uh, Saturday. I went by uh, the building before NXT and just sat and built with um, Ricochet for a while and uh, really liked him as a guy. Um, very, very interesting also. Him and I were having a conversation sort of comparing his path with Leo Rush and how, you know, just how different it can be for everyone in this business. The difference between... Spending 13 years on the indies and your first real big job just being with WWE. Um, it's really interesting. Um, but he had nothing but good things to say about Leo Rush as well. All right, SGG. Let's wrap this thing up by hitting you with a, a little bit of mail. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Um, I'm going to start with. NXT vs. WWE from Lejeu Phillips. Lejeu Phillip or Philip Lejeu. I don't know. Sorry, dude, but you'll know who I'm talking about. Sweet Pete. <laughs> Sweet Pete. After every takeover, we start saying that Trip should get the main roster book and run with it. But I think we don't understand the audiences and how they differ. Think Game of Thrones. Huge success for HBO. Wins all the awards. Critical darling. That's NXT. Think of CSI at its height. Huge success for CBS, crazy ratings, but critically lame for the majority of its run. And not particularly good in any creative sense. But it was on forever because the general network TV audience wanted it. Calorie-free viewing, which I, which didn't demand much. Premium audience wants premium content. They're willing to be challenged and let stories breathe. General audience wants general content. They want basic ideas that they can drift into and out of at their leisure. That's why NXT works for NXT, but at least a quarter of the NXT gimmicks fail on the main roster. Maybe pre- maybe premium content is meant to stay premium. Just a thought. Enjoy yourself. Great email, I thought. I agree, and I agree with it to a point. Um, you know, comparing NXT to HBO is... I think a good analogy and it highlights the challenges sort of that WWE has because um, NXT is allowed to present. It seems like they're doing what WWE is doing on if you um, looking at the tip of the iceberg, but it's true. WWE on the, on the main roster, at least, especially on Mondays and Tuesdays, they have to cater to so many different types of wrestling fans and um, the wrestling fan that seeks NXT out. Generally, it seems to be, you know, one type of person. You know, we want that action. We want um, stories that matter. And we don't need to see everyone on TV every week as long as the storylines 
and the matches are clicking at a high level. So like they are, they really are pleasing one audience. Um, but that, down but that, NXT. And that speaks to what he's saying though. And people who are willing to do that because they love it are willing to be patient with stories too. And that's why you have such a great story yeah. with Gar- Gargano and Champa, a Champa. People are willing to take their time. Um, Simon writes and says, huge fan, proud member of the peanut gallery with the super showdown just announced for Melbourne October 6th. Will your majesty have any chance of coming down to our fine shores? If you do, think we can get a cheap heat meet and greet for us Aussie peckerheads? Also, tell SGG he needs to come down with you. We have lots of delicious chicken and more fine delicacies for him to try. Anyways, stay mage and enjoy yourself. Simon, Melbourne, Australia. Um, there is a chance I'll be in Melbourne. So I will let you know, my friend. Any other Aussie peckerheads, uh, feel free to reach out. I'm... We will find out. I'm not sure yet whether I'm doing it, but it's on the table. Hey, there, there is likely no chance I will be in Melbourne, but uh, it's a nice thought, though. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Peter, I was just at Money in the Bank in Chicago, and I wanted to get myself a shirt. I had a tough time deciding, but ultimately went with a black Ronda Rousey shirt, which, if I must say so myself, is pretty mage. I know you're very into vintage shirts, but who do you think is the best merch in today's WWE? What a fantastic question. Um, I like the Elias shirt. Um, I like the, I actually like the black Ronda shirt, um, as well. Um, I think it's one that could stand the test of time. Um, who else do I like? Um, I like AJ's merch, actually. AJ had like a new hoodie. I like that. Um, I like the day one-ish. Um, I'd have to go. I'd have to really go through the website and tell you. You know, because the problem is a lot of people who have popular merch, um, they do too much. They end up making too much merch. So like the New Day does like so... New Day and KO. Yeah, New Day and KO, way too much merch. So let's see, authentic t-shirts. Let's take a look real quick. I'll do this briefly. I mean, dude, they already made a Braun Strowman Monster in the Bank shirt. They have an Alexa Bliss Cashing it, cashing in my moment of bliss shirt. Ooh, I'll tell you what though, Greg. Amazing. Why Texas? They have an Usos Texas shirt. So at the top, I saw that, and I don't know why Texas. That's a good question. Because I love day one ish shirts, but um. I don't hate the B team merch. Um, I think Happy Rusev Day and Happy Lana Day shirts are cute, but I just think they're too much. Um, wow, there's a Deleters of World shirts. Uh, let's see. Hmm. You know, it's not a. So, of all the shirts that you just saw, which one would you buy? Like, if you. If you had to buy a shirt before you got off the shop right now. All right, I'm looking right now. I mean, you know that Mela, that Mela is money. Um, the best shirt might be Rumble, Stumble, and Slide 
with the Titus O'Neil feet sticking out. <laughs> I don't hate the I don't I don't hate the Ember Moon shirt. It's okay. Oh, I kind of like the iconic shirt. Kind of like the iconic shirt. I'll tell you what though, it's not my. That's pick. not a bad pick, actually. Yeah, I like the iconic shirt. Ooh, I like the red ricochet shirt. Um, but you know, it's it's not a t- there's not a ton I love on here. That's why I end up usually liking the Rob Schamberger shirts. Oh, there's a regular down. They have a down since day one. Ooh, Greg, I might. We, you might have to. Hey, Greg, I want to tell you right now. They have a WrestleMania down since day one ish um, t shirt on sale for nine ninety nine, bro. That's kind of hard to pass up now. Ten dollars for that, and they got every size. How's this Velveteen Dream? He needs better merch. I saw one of his shirts, and I was just like, "Really?" Yeah, that Elias shirt's pretty good. Anyways, I don't know. I mean, that's why I end up being so into vintage stuff. There's just, it's almost too many options here. Um, all right. Let's get to a couple more and wrap this thing up. We've given you a lot this week. The mage generosity of the cinch. Is Cheap Heat ever going to drop the opening segment of talking about the state of Rosenberg and telling fans how they're wrong about their opinions of the show? <laughs> Long nope. T- long time listener, but it's tiresome to get through the fan beef every week. Well, thank you, James. Um, no, it probably won't go away. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, the state of Rosenberg, the telling fans how they're wrong about their opinions of the show. I don't think I tell people they're wrong. I think I argue with them. No. You, you think, I don't, yeah. I don't, healthy I, debate, healthy debate. So, no, you are right. We do that all the time. And no, I'm not going to stop. Um, the show is going to be what the show is. I don't know if you guys know this, but, um, we don't, we don't get rich doing this show. Matter of fact, I got a shout out to whoever sent me an email who told me they were outright, what's one of the emails here? Who was outright offended when I said that someone last week had the gall to tell me that I sold out. They were offended that someone said that. Yeah, I, I, as we sh- all should be. Oh, here's this. Look at this. Saif Debelli. These names are a little tough this week. I'm sorry. Sir Rosenberg, I've listened to every episode of Cheap Heat, and I love the show. All-time fave. I even listened to the spinoffs on The Ringer and CBS and and the, sh- <laughs> uh, um, the show's living off your brand. I also have offered to be your physically large, no-stat sidekick. And FYI, I would have attacked like a bulldog lawyer on those nameless haters, even though I'm a lawyer. But I digress, bro. My Mount Rushmore, my question is, why isn't Cena more mentioned in that argument? The talent level's at an all-time high. He's still the top guy. His pops are bigger than anyone's right now. The run he's on is Hogan 80s, 90s-esque. The longevity, the matches, the rivalries, the bike work, he's up there. Stay major and enjoy yourself. Your boy from Detroit. Oh, his name's pronounced safe. And I'm really an Arab. Not like your DJ on open late. (laughs) 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 Um, Listen, that's a longer conversation we've had. You've listened to every episode safe. So, you know, we've talked about Cena on the Mount Rushmore before. Um, It's just a different time. 
And I, I think over time we'll see where he ends up. The hard part for Cena is the the wrestling portion. Um, yeah. Like, is there room for someone, another person in the top, in the Mount Rushmore, who's not a great wrestler? Because SGG, I know you're filled with bias when we talk about it, and, and so am I, but I just ignore it when I talk about this. Although he's, although Cena's more athletic, I still consider Hogan to be the better wrestler. I do. Hogan's also the better racist, so Cena can definitely take his spot See that? in my, my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, for SGG's Mount Rushmore, which will be John Cena and the three black dudes that he chooses, he will be there. <laughs> no, it's, it's Bret Hart, Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Bret Hart and John it's Cena. It's Bret Hart, Bret Hart, The New Day, and John Cena. That is the SGG. Exactly. exactly. Um, so, listen, um, but in terms of an actual just wrestling success – I just don't know if there's room for Cena, because if you go if you go Hogan, Flair, I don't know. You going Cena over Austin? Maybe. I don't think you could take off Flair or Hogan, Greg. I just don't think you can. I, I think Flair and Hogan are done. I think that's already been decided. I think the other two slots are. That's the modern people you're choosing. The Rock. Austin, Cena, Undertaker. Do you want to include a Bruno San Martino? Uh, to me, it's just it's a tough spot. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the tough thing about it too, though. Is like everybody's nostalgia kicks in when it's time to do like a Mount Rushmore because um, that's when people start sort of telling their age because you know the dude who throws in Bruno in there is like a little bit older you know the dude who throws in Cena in there is probably like in their early 30s late 20s like it's, it's it just becomes generational and it's tough to say who's wrong or who has the better Mount Rushmore but i think that's what it comes down to and you being a little bit older um than me and even some of the listeners i think Hogan's spot is just like it's sacred to you, regardless of what he's done. It's like, but th- that's Hogan's spot. You can't, you can't just take that. Like, you got to be a real special dude to take the Hogan spot. Yeah, that, that I just think he, he did too much. He changed it. I mean, I just think without Hogan there, we're not doing this podcast. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's WrestleMania 35 next year without. I don't think any of it. I really don't know. So, uh, SGG. Do me a favor, stay mage, enjoy yourself. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. We'll get some more emails next week. Also, I will let you know soon where my pop-up shop, me and Wrestling for Sale, my guy Ted, we're going to do a pop-up shop over SummerSlam weekend to sell some amazing vintage merch. Um, you probably, I'm posting a bunch of stuff these days on Rosenberg Radio, and we're going to do a dope, uh, just fun. I'm, I'm not going to make any money off it, I don't, I don't think. I doubt I'm selling anything myself, but it's just going to be a good time. <laughs> but uh yeah, go watch Open Late right now. The new episode is up. Action Bronson and Jaden Smith. And don't forget, next week, the season finale of Open Late. The season finale of Open Late with an A-list guest. We have an A-list guest that I recorded in Chicago. You can figure out who okay, it is. Okay, so this we got to wait one more week to find out who... Who this person is yep. or people? Well, you said A-list guests, so I'm assuming it's one person. It's Johnny Gargano. Could Gar- be a group. It's Gargano. <laughs> I, 
Um, hey, how be mage? Have a great weekend, my friend, and do me a favor. Uh, stay mage. Oh yeah. Oh, and enjoy yourself.